0: And he, he ended up taking his life not long after we had that conversation that night. And mate, the impact that that had on on my life right then, it was it literally changed everything about my life.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. Happy Tuesday to you. If you guys don't know by now, I am very strategic with who I bring on the show. Um, I, I really try to do a good background check to make sure they're able to provide value and to help out in any kind of way. And the guest that I have on today um, is going to do that and more. Like I, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where it's going to help out more people than I think we can ever imagine. And and I'm just really excited. So um, let me give you guys Mr. Sam Webb's bio. So Sam's the co-founder of Living and the host of It Ain't Weak to Speak podcast. Such a great name. He's well known in Australia for his appearances on multiple TV shows and work in the mental health space. He started charities raised awareness on national TV, and given TED Talks, which if you guys stick around for the bonus content, I will make sure it's included, the whole speech. Um, He was one of the subject leaders in the feature film documentary, Suicide, The Ripple Effect, which has won multiple awards in the US. He's a co-author of Transformation, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. He's an actor. You're going to hear the Australian accent. (laughs) He's got a beautiful girlfriend, which is how we met. We'll unpack it all. Mr. Sam Webb welcome to who can relate man
0: mate thanks so much for having me on the show with you man i'm looking forward to it i appreciate the work that you're doing and uh thanks awesome. for the warm welcome dude by the <laughs> way you, you, you talked me up a little bit there oh yeah well i just i just read your accolades yeah man. <laughs> except, except for my thick australian accent <laughs> hopefully guys you can understand what i'm saying. oh yeah 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 <coughs>
1: anyone driving or doing laundry or, or running right now is like oh, okay i'll tune in for this right <laughs> um so yeah so that's that's the um that's the on paper background, right? I don't know if you want to add anything else as far as um, anything I didn't mention, or I mean, living, which is you know the the beautiful foundation. Um, you and your your partner, right? You yep. guys started together. Um, explain what living is a little, little bit more.
0: Yeah, so and and mate, it's it all my life changed just before living started, and yeah. I'll unpack it all. I guess yeah, as a young kid growing up playing sports and. I'd, you know, as a male, a man's man, so to speak, I, I thought I had the answers <laughs> to a lot of things and yeah. being, you know, in circles of a lot of friends and males, we all used to knock around with each other and, you know, pick on each other, mucking around, you yeah. know what mucking around of is course. here yeah, in America, yeah. <laughs> same stuff. And um, it was 2012 when my life sort of started to spiral out of control for myself mentally. I okay. started dealing with my own mental health challenges and at the time I lived in America, uh, this mm. was you know, almost 10 years ago. I lived wow. in the Midwest. I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. That's yeah, the Midwest, so, the heart of the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was <laughs> wow. in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. I'm, I'm normally meant to be on a beach. That's where I was born, pretty much on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, it was a good experience in my life. But mentally, I was struggling and I was spiraling out of control. And yeah. in a nutshell, because that story could probably go on sure. its own little tangent. I don't sure. want to lo- lose people while I'm trying to explain what living's is all about. No um, <laughs> No worries. I started dealing with my own mental illnesses, okay. anxiety, depression. Um, I hid the pain really well. Coming off five years of antidepressants for my anxiety and wow. I, d- I drank my problems away. I ran ran away from my problems. When I say ran away from them, I was literally running 15 to 20 kilometers, which is around 10 to yeah. you know, 14 miles every day. Wow. And um, I was doing that to, to try and bring my, my mind to, to homeostasis, so to speak, yep. which, is yeah. a, which is like a level. Yeah, and that was the only thing that would sort of make me feel good, other than sure. drinking. And um, I reunited with a good friend of mine. His name was Dwayne Lally. Yeah, and Dwayne and I grew up together. And where the mateship stuff comes into it here is we played football together. We played sports, um, very competitive, extremely mm. competitive. And from the outside looking in, Dwayne had it all. Mm. Life of the party. He represented Australia at the Commonwealth Games at 16 years of age for boxing. Wow. Extremely talented. Wow. Great family. Life was very well put together on the outside. Sure. Great partner. Yeah. And, you know you know those friends Justin when you you don't have to see them or speak to them every week but you guys are still tight of course Dwayne and I were like that yeah and we had our differences at times but I mean for the most of the part we reunited in 2013 and this is the year I was spiraling mm-hmm. and Dwayne opened up to me that year saying how much he was struggling his mental health challenges were sort of getting the better of him but okay. but he did he did tell us all you know that his they weren't as bad as you know they probably really were mhm Anyway, a long story short, because I'm still trying to answer your question, but no I'm just giving you a bit of background here, because yeah. it needs the background, it needs the understanding. I, I ended up at a party on September 14th of 2013 Got it. with Dwayne. Got it. He invited me around to his house that night, mm-hmm. and we went to go on a double date. He was trying to set me up with a friend of his, missus, his girlfriend at the time. Okay. And uh, those plans are quickly thrown out the window. I ended up at his place. He goes, bring some beers. We're going to go mad. We're going to the top. And the top was a place Dwayne and I always used to talk about. The top is this imaginary place in life. We're going to the top. Like literally, okay. we're going to be successful. We're yeah. going to have a hell time. Yeah. No one can stop us. We're unstoppable. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we ended up at his house party. Uh, at a barbecue went into a party. Yeah. And uh, I remember very, very clearly, vividly, like it was yesterday, Dwayne going, Webb, my surname, Webb, yeah. come into my room. And I'm like, yeah, no worries, man. What's up? Shut the door behind me. And that next conversation changed my life. Mm. And Dwayne opened up to me about everything from how severe his mental illness had been, where he was at right now in his life. And he told me that he'd struggled with bipolar and depression for a number of years. But I know Dwayne hit the pain really well. He hid the pain extremely well, like an actor, because he was worried about what people would have thought. The repercussions of that self-shame and the stigma that, that society put on mental, mental health, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And your, and your own stigma that you put on mental health because it's where people think it's weak and it's not cool to talk about. True. But you know what? Dwayne told me that night, he goes, Webb, I've tried to take my life twice before. Wow. And I just didn't see that coming. I wow. was so thrown off guard, man. I had no idea mm. how to even react to it to a statement like that, right? right. Except Dwayne quickly said, "You know what, man? I, I I would never do it again. I would never put my family through it. I love my He was so close to his family. Mm-hmm. And um, as a mate in a room, and we'd had a couple of drinks, and you know, drugs were involved at the party and whatnot. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I thought I listened as best as I possibly could have, man. I thought I said everything I possibly could have said. Yeah. As 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 a guy does, you tr- probably try and problem solve a lot. Yeah. And I thought, uh, you know, your mates are always here. I'll be here if you ever need anything. Yeah. Um, pick up the phone. Don't ever, don't ever be afraid to, uh, and ask for help from me. Mm. And I shared with him about my journey with mental illness and yeah. my family's, you know. And we had a lot of common denominators ourselves. Sure. And um, he looked at me and goes, I'm fine. Mm. His last two words were to me that night mm. was, I'm fine. He looked at me in the eyes before that and was telling me how bright and promising his future was, and he had all these great plans to, to, to you know, buy a home and all this sort of great stuff. And the last two words after I'd try and reassure him, everything life was great from this moment onwards. Man, we're great. We're a team. We're here for each other. No matter how good or bad it gets, we're going to the f-ing top. Yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. Mm. We're going to the top. And last two words were, "I'm fine." we went back to the party outside of his room and it was like nothing happened and i remember momentary like momentary later dwayne had left the party after an altercation you, you saw him leave or? no i didn't see him leave okay. and i was sitting at the front door and i remember sitting on the front couch looking back because i would have seen saw anyone leave and especially after that conversation it, sure, got, sure. it, it, it got dark and, yeah, and yeah. there was emotions and everything yeah. else and I never saw Dwayne leave the party, man. He got into an argument that night. And and basically, after a series of conversations, I I messaged him. I was trying to call him. No answers. No, nothing. It was like radio silence. Mm. I drove halfway around the Gold Coast that night looking for him when I probably shouldn't have been driving. Mm. Um, Nowhere to be seen, man. It was just like this eerie, awry feeling in in the early hours of the 15th, September 15th. We're now in the Sunday morning. Yeah next day man I woke up I remember very vividly we went to watch the um, Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo Alvarez, uh, Alvarez oh, yeah, fight yeah, yeah, down yeah. at a local bar and yeah. Dwayne wasn't there and mate he wasn't writing back there's still no no responses he had his face was plastered on Facebook for people to find out where he was no one no one could see it no one knew where he was
1: Wow.
0: and mate it was about five o'clock that day I got the call that I just yeah I, I got a call from a friend that dwayne had taken his own life mm. and he, he ended up taking his life not long after we had that conversation that night and made the impact that that had on on my life right then it was it literally changed everything about my mm. life like my life changed sure and i remember getting in the car that night and going straight to the going straight to the hospital because i I didn't believe it i like i believed it but i didn't believe it and i and i had to see it and the moment they pulled those curtains back and this can get graphic and i'm not going to go into too too much detail with Mm. this but Mm. the moment they pulled those curtains back and i saw Dwayne not in living in in living form wearing the same gear that he was in the night before when i was just partying with him was it it changed everything it put my life into perspective my own struggles into perspective sure and that's when living was born and living was born from dwayne's passing dwayne mm. used to always say we're living man we're living mm. and um the arrow in the living if we're going to get real specific is True. him and i saying going we're going to the top mm. and uh, we're going to the top is a very special place in my heart and so is livin and you know we, we started living in dwayne's honor so that we could break the stigma around mental illness so that we could save more lives and, and stop other young people especially men going through the same thing that dwayne went through and yeah it changes everyone's lives. His family will never be the same again. His sister will never be the same again. His mom, dad, their auntie, uncle, grandparents, friends, no one will ever be the same again. And that's right. one life. Right, right. So it's, um, it was, it was a life changing moment for, for a lot of us. And that's when living started.
1: I, um, <clears throat> appreciate you, you, you sharing that. I got to, uh, collect, collect myself a little bit here. That's, um, that's so powerful. It's so deep. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, all the emotions. Um, I, I watched your, uh, your TEDx talk last night and I heard you basically tell the same, the same story. Um, listen to your podcast. I've, I've heard the story a couple of times, but it just, it's hitting different right now. Maybe it's cause I'm just in person with you and in, in your presence and I can see your hat. I can see the, the way the eye is and, um. Yeah, man. I um, I really appreciate you sharing that, and and for everyone listening and watching. Um, obviously we're we're gonna be talking about some stuff that that I've never covered on, on Who Can Relate. Um, and it's because I'm I I don't have experience in it. Um, I I I don't have anything to to you know act like I can know what I'm talking about. So I've always been very gentle around it. And and um, when Nadia, your girlfriend, in, introduced us. Um, and I really started to do my research on you. I was like, wow, like Sam's the guy, you know, to, to bring on to have this conversation. Um, I have people um, close to me in, in my life who suffer from depression, um, who have threatened um, to take their own life with suicide. And um, you, you mentioned problem solving, you know, especially as a man. And I am all about problem solving. And I'm going to I'm going to read. um read a quote i got from your uh, your tedx you said um <laughs> we're always trying to problem solve problem solve problem solve but sometimes people just need us to listen you know you, you said your buddy your psychologist buddy gave you this this beautiful quote which is uh you have two ears and one mouth listen twice as much as you speak because oftentimes when you do people will tell you what they want so I want just to preface everybody give the disclaimer um if this is too heavy to listen to watch I totally understand um but the sole reason why Sam is here on the show is to um try to help anyone if if you're going through it um, to just re- reach out for some help and, and to you know reach out to people so um <clears throat> and and I will do <laughs> a lot of listening today, man, so it's a beautiful um beautiful way of um living your life now you know f- through Dwayne you mm. know in 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 a sense and um just such an honorable thing to do you know and, and obviously i know he's proud man and his family i can only imagine so it's, it's beautiful what you do i i really want to get into today um maybe some of the um stigmas behind you know depression possible suicide um, mental health as, as much as we can. Both, both Sam and I are not experts, but, um, you know, we're, as you say we're students of life, mm-hmm. we are experts at our own experiences, however, yeah. as well. So um, let's, let's start off with, um, as you, you title it, smiling depression, masking our emotions. You know, you said Dwayne's last two words were, I'm fine. And I definitely can relate to not being fine, not being okay when someone asks me, but being either too scared to be vulnerable and say, you know, it's, it's interesting you ask, man, I'm, I'm actually not okay. You know, like having a conversation with my friend and, and you know, you said Dwayne brought you and, you know, closed the door and sat you down and said, hey, that's what I'm going through. Um, so I want to unpack that a little bit if you can, you mm-hmm. know, just the smiling um, and your, know, I'm, I'm fine. Movement, yeah, yeah.
0: I, th- I think a big part, and made a great question. And yeah. <clears throat> part of me to reiterate, yeah, we're both student of life, and I'm not a mental health expert by any means. Sure, you know, I've just lived through my own experiences, and yep. you know, we'll get some great, great mentors in my life, especially in this space, and um, never take away your own experiences in this in this sure. field because I think lived experiences are very powerful, and I, f- I feel like yeah. they. There is a space for them in, in, totally. in the mental health conversation totally. and, a, and a very big time and very big space. So don't ever forget that for everyone listening yep. who might have their own journey. Yep. Uh, speak up when you feel like you can. I think smiling depression, mate, and... and the I'm fine stuff is is something that we've just learnt second nature as human yeah. beings, especially men. Yep, yep, we're grown up from the days of the hunters and gatherers, and mm-hmm. we're told to suck it up, harden up. You'll be right, mate. Don't yeah. don't cry while you're crying, and right. there's always trying to justify our emotions in a way that is perceived as strong or manly, and sure, and that can only get you so far. Yeah, and there are the times in the in in the old days, maybe when my dad grew up, or mm-hmm. you know our families grew up. Mm -hmm. times have changed yeah okay modern day masculinity is very different yeah and we need to start changing these conversations that we're having yeah and the only way to do that is by men like yourself justin that Mm -hmm. are putting together great great you know shows or podcasts and and having a movement and having honest conversations yeah because it has to start somewhere and for us to make a difference to make a dent in this in this pie so to speak we 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 have to take initiative let's not wait for anyone else to do it let's do it ourselves and i think the smiling depression stuff there's a range of reasons why people might do it i'm I'm talking from my own experiences Mm -hmm. for me it was was a couple a couple of reasons one self-stigma it was a stigma i put on myself about asking for help and what people would think mm-hmm. and the other part of it was w- what would they say would they make my problems worse yeah. would 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 they know even how to take it and would they alienate me mm. so these are all self-stigmas which which keep a lot of people quiet because sure. there's still a, a lack of understanding around mental health in this conversation oh, yeah, yeah. which is why i live and started because when i grew up i never had. People coming into my school or coming into my workplace and talking to me about really basic mental health training. Yeah. And when I say mental health training, I'm talking about signs and symptoms what to look out for in someone that might be struggling, Mm -hmm. what you wouldn't say to someone who might be going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. Okay, How can you point someone in the right direction to get professional support? I didn't know any of this. No one ever taught it to me. No one ever told me about it. My family didn't. I had to go through real-life experiences, losing people to suicide, having my own mental health challenges to actually understand and unpack that. Yeah, So the the smiling depression there's a there's a big part of that I believe comes from just a lack of understanding lack of education mm. and no one knows anything else so they'll just suck it up and just live with it sure. expecting the problem to go away if they just mm. silence it but in all honesty that problem only gets worse
1: yeah and it's it's like you said earlier you were running from your problems mm. physically trying to escape the problems you know if people um, lean on drugs or alcohol to try to drink them away or just numb numb them away and it's you can't run from them. And like you said, it it will get worse for for me. There were so many problems that I tried to either shove under the rug or literally run away from as well, only to resurface time and time again. And as I got older, they grew, you know, they became deeper, they became bigger. And, and, And at one point I felt like they became insurmountable to, to actually, um, heal from or, or just, just grow from, you know, but again, through reaching out to friends, family, um, therapist you know for me every, everyone knows who can relate I'm, I'm such an advocate of therapy and so um but it was for for me um more so just I don't want to say giving up in and I don't want that to be taken um insensitively when I say like I just kind of gave up I gave up with trying to find the solution on my own I was like I don't have all the answers I don't have all the solutions and you know what it's time to delegate it's time to ask for help and um That takes a lot of vulnerability. As we just talked about, Brene Brown, the author, um, who I'm such a fan of, she says, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness.
0: It's a sign of bravery. Mm. It really is. And I think it's a. I I think vulnerability, like to be vulnerable and to talk to people about being vulnerable, you've almost got to be vulnerable yourself. 100%. Because, like, I know for a fact that in order for me, if I never was vulnerable, I I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm a pretty emotional type of guy. (laughs) And that's probably. my mom's got a big part to do that and the way I looked up to her growing up and whatnot. But True. being vulnerable is a tough way to be because, again, you're not taught it. Yeah. You're not taught to deal with that stuff. You're yeah. not taught to, to be honest and open, especially, again, as a man, if we're talking about males here yeah. in particular. Right, we're right. told to, to suck it up just to suppress it be the problem solvers, be the ones with all the answers to carry everyone on our back to a point where we suffer at the expense of everybody else. Yeah. We're never taught self-care is number one care. We're never taught about recovery and rest. We're told to train hard, get to the gym, keep work going. every day, keep yeah. going, keep going, go, bang. you know what I mean? That's not helpful, that stuff. Yeah. But I just think at the end of the day, being vulnerable all starts within yourself to create that safe space around you. Because in order to create a safe space, you've got to show that vulnerability yourself so that other people trust you. Yeah. Trust is everything. Yeah. Trust is everything and and trusting that it's a safe space, Mm. trusting
1: that you can confide in that person. You know, I'm I'm always talking about how my wife, Shay, provided that space for me and, and something I never had. Not only had I never seen before in, in, with my own eyes, but I never felt, more importantly. I've never felt that before. And ironically enough, I actually felt it three weeks into knowing her. Um, so maybe another story for another day because I don't want to get too sidetracked. But I, I do want to move on to um, breaking the burden of masculinity. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to reference your TEDx talk quite often here today, man, because it's so powerful. I'm so excited for people to uh, hear and watch it. Um, but you said being a man's man... Might be one of the most dangerous things a man can be. Mm. You know, it's that toughen up, man up. Like, like you said, you know, stop crying. You know, you know, stop being sensitive. Right? All those being a man's man is is the wrong stigma. You know, it's it's incorrect. Actually, like we need our feelings, we need our emotions, and more importantly, we need to understand and then articulate them if we need help. Asking for help. You know, back to that. you, you quoted Michael Ian Black in saying too many young boys are being trapped in an
0: outdated model of masculinity and that is toxic. Mm. Let's talk about that. Yeah, again, it probably goes back to the way that our parents and, and their parents grew up yeah. and, and how they perceived the world. Very different, sure. very different things happened back then. They're a very different generation. Yeah. We can't expect to live in, in an old way here. An old system here doesn't work. Yeah. And it's not going to work. No. And that's, that's, dangerous that's yeah. dangerous in itself and i think for us in order to grow and to evolve with the change of times like mm-hmm. we don't still use the same computers that we used right. in the 70s do we right so why are we still using the same conversations that don't work yeah this is how we got to start looking at it we're going to start yeah. looking at it objectively subjectively and literally yeah. rather than just taking it for a grain of salt and saying this is how we should just do it is it a, a small portion of the world or or every you know what i mean sure
1: so what would, would you say i mean the power of listening. How important is it now to you, going through what you went through with Dwayne? If anyone's out there, you know, listening or watching—no pun intended—with the listening, how important is the
0: power of listening? What 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 does that mean to you now? More it's, than it, ever. It's it's top priority after yeah. self care, and the reason I say that is because I I look back often, and I think you know, and this is probably natural, man. I mean, mm-hmm. what are some of the things I could have done differently that yeah. night? What are some of the things that I could have done or should have done? Yeah. That might have saved Dwayne's life you know and, right. and that's the, that, that's the conversation that I've had with myself for many years yeah. and yeah, I can't go back and change the past I, I understand that and that's fine well it's not fine but I understand that I can't change it yeah yeah but what would I have done differently? And, and I looked at the situation objectively and I thought, you know what? There was a lot of warning signs that night. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff that Dwayne was probably putting out in the world that no one was picking up sure. because they weren't equipped with the basic mental health tools. Even though I went through with my own struggles, mm-hmm. I still couldn't see it mm-hmm. and I didn't want to accept it. So as a someone, in, as a layperson, right now, I think listening is the most important thing you could possibly do. Yeah. And it could be the difference between saving someone's life and maybe never seeing them again. Sure. And what I say about that is we often look to problem solve, right? Like yeah. have the answers to everything because we, we think we're, 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 we're worthless if we, if we don't add it up or yeah, we yeah. don't help someone. But you know what? That help for someone could be just listening. Yeah. It's just, just an open ear without any judgment, without yeah. any repercussions, without any shame, nothing, none of yeah, that. Just right. listening
1: mm-hmm.
0: from your side of the bed
1: yeah.
0: or your side of the street or your side of the room mm-hmm. could be the difference in someone's life. 100%. And that is so important for people to understand. Yeah, You don't need to study medicine. No. You don't need to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist to save someone's life. Yeah. You can do it as we're speaking right now on this podcast. Yeah. And even just
1: showing up for someone, Mm. just showing up, just being relied upon and delivering, you know, being being I can count on you to be there for me. Right. Um, I've I've said on here often because I recently just learned it and I will implement it for life. If anyone comes to me and says, hey, Justin, I I need you. Right. For whatever. I now ask the first first response I give is I'm here for you but how do you need me to be here for you? Do you need me to listen with my ears? Do you need me to listen with my mind and give, give something back to you, advice, whatever, solutions? Or do you need me to show up with my heart? How do you need me to show up for you? Because in the past, I would just problem solve. I would try to fix everything. That's got me in trouble in a lot of areas in my life, mm. including my marriage. You know, My mm. wife's like, I don't need you to fix everything. I just need you to be here. Mm. I need to know I can trust that you know you can show me empathy right now. You can just be a little sensitive to my sensitivities. I don't. That's not a solution. That's just you just showing up. You mm-hmm. know. So, ask the person. How do you need me to show up with my ears, my mind, or my heart? Yeah, yeah and, I, and I
0: love that, man. And yeah. I, I love the fact that you give people options too. Like because, sure. for example, right? I run you through with just my own experiences right now. Yeah. When, when things are really overwhelming mm-hmm. and you're given too many options, it adds to that overwhelm yeah. and it becomes no good. Right. None of those options now become ro- you know, real and viable options. Yeah. It becomes too much. And I think, for example, someone listening right now, if you're worried about someone who's struggling, is there anything that I can help you with? putting questions out there can i can i walk your dog can i drive yeah. you to the store can i just a couple of options sure. or would it make you feel more comfortable to seek professional help maybe someone's right there ready to get help right but they don't know how to make a call to a therapist they don't know where sure. to look justin would it make you feel more comfortable right now yeah if we maybe jump online together and do some searching and i can help you book it in would that make you feel more comfortable yeah exactly these yeah. are the things that really get people thinking from I want to do something to actually taking action in their life. And they're the little parts of this journey where Mm -hmm. I think we really need to show up for our friends and people in our life that we actually care and value for. Because we expect that everyone's armed with the same knowledge that we're armed with. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Because a problem to you right now might not be anything to me. But a small problem to you might mean... The world to me yeah and that's because we're all very different human beings yeah so after everything is done and everything is said and done what i always say is if you're ever in doubt just reach out being honest mm-hmm. you can't go wrong if you're honest about someone for example if your friend's struggling and you've noticed that they're struggling and they're not themselves mm-hmm. justin man i'm just going to be brutally honest with you as a friend i know that you you really haven't been yourself i'm not i'm not yeah, asking yeah. you to answer me right now right right but i'm just i, I I just want you to know whenever you're ready, yeah. I'm here for you, yeah. however that looks. Yeah. And that's love. Yeah. You know,
1: that's, that's the best intention. you know. And, and I'm sure that can be received sometimes incorrectly from, from the person you're trying to reach out to. And, and also to add to, you said, you know, everyone has different problems and different, um, they prioritize their problems differently. They also have different solutions.
0: Mm.
1: How, what's a solution for me for something may not be a solution for you. Right. So it's again, just understanding how do you need me to show up and, but, but stay consistent with, with trying to show up for people. Mm. Um, keywords consistent. I yeah, love that. yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to also highlight right now, um, you know, more to what you're doing for all of this, you know, with mental health and suicide prevention, we talked about living, but I want to talk about, um, your podcast. It ain't weak to speak as, and as you say, breaking the stigma of mental health let's mm. talk about that so yeah. obviously living came about from Dwayne was was it ain't weak to speak kind of
0: just a, another layer to that or yeah so it ain't weak to speak was our little mantra off the back of living because we often yeah. asked ourselves you know people don't ask for help because they think it's weak and one of the right. boys came up with this really cool mantra it ain't weak to speak so yeah. it just sort of stuck yeah, yeah. anyway everything that we do at living is around breaking that stigma around mental health and we, we, yeah. we have three core pillars with what we do education uh, across schools and workplaces we, we do merch. So across our merch is actually, there's an impact saying how many conversations our T-shirts or our hoodies are making, which is life-changing for some people. Beautiful. And then community. Yeah. And the importance of that hashtag, it ain't weak to speak, can, can start so many amazing conversations. Oh, yeah. And mate, it's kind of, it's pretty surreal yeah. over the years, the amount of conversations that that's yeah. saved and had with it's people in their life and their journey. And living, living's just one organization organization out of so many great organizations and living wouldn't be where it is today without the support and sure you know and it's not it's not ideal obviously but there are people taking their lives right now and we're just trying to do our very best to to stop people from doing that so that they can get the help that they deserve
1: yeah that's it's you you just led me beautifully into that i um you gave me the stat of every 60 seconds someone takes their life Every minute of every day, someone is committing suicide. Someone is taking their life. And also, um, you mentioned four times as many men than women are committing suicide. Let's talk about that a little bit and as to maybe why that, that might I mean, four times is a heavy number. Mm. Why do you think that is?
0: Mate, and again, this all segues back into this conversation. It's mm-hmm. all around, it ain't weak to speak. Yeah men especially have a hard time asking for help yep yep. they have a hard time asking for help and you you could yeah it's again it comes back to the societal the self-stigma the perceived stigmas all these things that surround mental health right and and it's still new like this Mm -hmm. this conversations we're only starting to see a shift in the dial just recently but it's it's it there's a lot of work that needs to be done and yeah and and men in particular are still sucking it up they're still yeah, living yeah. in the past the yeah. old ways of masculinity and it isn't helpful and yeah. it's not helpful and it never will be helpful because yeah. you've got to deal with your emotions some way and if yeah. you don't deal with them the right way they come out the wrong way and yeah. when they come yeah. out the wrong way it's it's it comes across things like we spoke about self-sabotage drug right. addiction uh alcohol abuse all these things yeah. anger yeah frustration yeah. it's just it's not helpful yeah so take the step to to have those conversations and then that's a whole different conversation like sure, a lot of people sure. are like yeah Sam but it's it ain't weak to speak mm-hmm. but how do you actually ask for help how do you have that conversation right that's a whole different conversation yeah. because there are ways to have those conversations there are ways to to come out for the very first time and to be able to be vulnerable but yeah. again you're probably not going to be vulnerable with someone that the space isn't safe.
1: Yeah, well, let's 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 dive into that, right? Um, what would be some of the, the conversational pieces um, if we can give to people if they're saying, you know what, I okay, Sam, Justin, I appreciate what you're saying, and, and maybe maybe this was meant for me to hear. It. Maybe it's time for me to open up. Maybe it's time for me to speak. Right? Like, what are some of the the tools we can give them um, to help in that? Because I I, I wholehearted wholeheartedly believe in um, this saying, and I've said it before just because you have to ask for help, it doesn't mean you failed. Doesn't mean you're a loser, doesn't mean you're weak, doesn't mean you're stupid, doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Look at the people around you who love you, who want the best, who wish the best, who would give you anything you need to become the best. Utilize those resources. Just because you have to ask for help doesn't mean you failed, it means you're not alone. So for someone who is wanting to speak, what would be some of the the conversation starters that you, that someone could
0: have? And and it's a great question. It's a really good question. And if people want more more in depth stuff, I have an episode on the podcast that I did do on this specifically. Great. But to wind it up a little bit, right? To wind back a little bit, there there are a lot of people out there that they might be the alpha males in the group, right? Yep, yep. yep. And in their group, they they're perceived on their high horse. They think they're 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 better than in a way, or yep. they're 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 not the guys that want to be asking for help because they're seen as the alpha males or the people with all the answers all the time. Yep. So for them to then have to go from there to then asking for help is almost like a depending on the pe- the person or the people, mm-hmm. it's like a change in their identity they feel. Yeah. Like it's a it's an ego shift, it's sure. a shift on this pedestal where they've put themselves. Yeah. So they're putting all, almost this pressure on themselves that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. But as far as asking for help goes, um, it will be the best thing that you ever do yep, I is agree. what I'm going to put out there straight away it will be the best thing that you ever do I agree and you, you won't you, won't, uh, you, you won't, won't you won't regret it you, you'll never regret it ever but mm-hmm. but asking for help takes time yeah if you're ready to ask for help today and you go and speak to a friend Mm -hmm. just be honest I think being honest and being open as best as you can without any self-judgment without any any self-sabotaging effects of oh I didn't say it right or I sound like I'm crazy or I I must sound like I'm unfixable don't be kinder to yourself first and foremost give yourself the same compassion that you'd give to your friend I always tell people that if you're struggling having a hard time with yourself treat yourself like a friend now the next part of this is really important right i went and bought myself a new pair of shoes a couple of days ago really nice new pair of adidas yeah. a- a- adidas 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 okay. um, adidas <laughs> Adidas. um anyway long story short it took me a while to get the right fit right mm. i wouldn't buy these if they were a nine because right, right. i'm a 10 mm. not the right fit same thing with seeking mental health uh, support if you go and see someone for the very first time. And you go, I felt like I unloaded everything on them. Because my friend said, go see a psychologist. We ended up getting there. It took me six months. But I had a really bad, really bad experience. Yeah. And I'm never doing that again. They felt like they didn't even listen. Mm-hmm. They didn't even get me. They yeah. made my problems worse. This isn't for me. This isn't for me. Yeah. I'm never doing it again. What I'm saying to you guys mm-hmm. is please be patient to, yeah. r- f- to find the right fit. My, yeah. my, my, my connection with the shoe is don't do something that doesn't fit with you mm-hmm. it's like any relationship with a loved one a romantic uh, relationship sure find the right fit because there yeah. are people out there that will connect with you yeah. and will help you get back on track to start living again that's beautiful um, I hope I, that and, answered that that's oh no, only did. very vague there's a lot no, no, more no. other things but no um, no
1: it's, it was it was good and I'll make sure I, I make sure guys the um, the episode that Sam referred to yeah. I'll make sure it's in the show notes you guys can click the link you can watch you can listen to it Um... I also wanted to add, if, if, if I may, to um, you said just be honest, just show up honest. If I can add to that, um, when you show up honest, because I agree, truthful to yourself more importantly, also do not ego protect. As men, we ego protect mm-hmm. all the time. I can't be seen as weak. I, I, I can't be seen as, I don't know the answer. You know, I I, I I can't be seen as, this is this is new to me. This is foreign territory. I can't be looking like an idiot. Stop ego protecting. That is ego protecting at its finest. It's so important that we as men let our ego to the side. Um, if everyone um, follows me on Instagram, you guys know how obsessed I am with Sade, the artist Sade. One of my favorite songs is Sade. The title's says it all. It says, love is stronger than pride. I know you're big on love. Everyone knows my wife, who I call love, is huge on love. Love is stronger than pride. When you show up to someone seeking for help, that's the first step of self-love for yourself. Mm -hmm. That is you saying, I I need help. You know, I I am going through this. I know this is going to get me closer to loving myself, which in turn will get me closer to allowing someone to love me. Mm, I love that. Allowing me to give love. So let's let's talk about how important you said self care is number one care. And and if I can add to that, Sam, and I'll let you get into that is self love
0: is not selfish. Mm-hmm. It's important. Mm. And and I just want to just touch on something really quickly because sure. I think it's really important. Sure. Um be proud of where you've where you've been and what mm. you've done in your life. I think I think we've all got to start showing forgiveness but also yeah. being prouder of what we've achieved in our life I and agree. don't put so much pressure on you to have the answers today because you know i'm still searching for answers and i'm Me 32 <laughs> years of age and i'll never have answers to certain things in my life and you yeah. know what that's just life yeah and don't, if the moment you you release that pressure of i'm never gonna have the answers to everything right. and i'm not going to problem solve everything you're automatically releasing that pressure valve so therefore, yeah. that seeking help might come become a little bit easier for you. Oh, yeah. And on the, the seeking help thing I, I left out, which is really important, mate, so sorry to go off Please, that. Please, no, no, go ahead. If you feel like that you're you're putting signs out in the world where you've almost got like a sticker on your head that says, help me, mm-hmm. and you, you've got best friends that are around you all the time that can't, they're not asking you, are you all right, and you seem off. I want to make this clear. It's not because they don't care about you, and it's not because they don't want you to get the help that you're probably desperately wanting sure but then just don't see it they're not picking up on it because you're hiding it in some way or you're not showing it your feeling to them is very different people are not mind readers right so please please have those honest conversations is mm. what what i wanted to finish up on that's, on that. that's so important i'm glad you said that on, it's that, great. on that regard but that yeah. falls into self-care yeah segues into that perfectly and what i mean mm-hmm. by that is i learned the hard way right i knew the advice that i wasn't given Dwayne, and some of the people in my life throughout my life has never probably been the best advice yeah and i often reflect on it and ask myself why and it was because i wasn't actually doing too good myself mm-hmm. so how am i supposed to give someone the right answers if i'm not even giving myself the right answers right you know like i just it just doesn't work like you've got to be out of pour from a cup that's full You've yes. got to be able to give people what you're, you're able to give. Otherwise, you're not giving them the real true version of who you are as a human. Yeah. So my whole idea around self-care mm-hmm. went from that selfish to it's actually selfish if I'm not doing that, which is insane because mm. I'm now looking after myself. And if training and exercise and reading isn't at the top of my to-do list, I don't have a to-do list. That's yeah. just the way my life is right now, yeah. and yes, I'm never always in a balance, and, and there are times where I struggle, and, and I mm-hmm. wish I could do more at times. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm grateful where I'm at in my journey, and I'm proud of myself. Oftentimes, I, I probably could be more kinder, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's it's important to. Yeah to practice what you preach. Yeah. Self-care for you might be very different than Justin and I. Sure. Um, I, I exercise, I read, I'm yeah. trying to get back into doing journaling. I mm-hmm. want to try and meditate, mm-hmm. although that's been a struggle for me. Yeah. You might want to paint. It might Whatever. Sure. I always say self-care comes down to what you enjoy. Don't do it because Justin and I said you've got to go run 5K right. a day or right. 5 miles. Yeah. Do it because... You want to do it, and yeah. it actually makes you feel good about yourself, and yeah. you enjoy it. It gives you a smile. That is what true self care is. Mm-hmm. Self care is the most important part of the journey. Yeah, without that, you're always gonna you're yeah. always gonna fall behind. I, I love that
1: you said that. Um, you basically broke down in a, in a more simplified way to understand what my therapist gave me one time, which is one of the most complicated things I've ever heard, and I, I was like that's the biggest play on words. I'm like, dude, I'm just, I'm confused right now. And he said, um, people who are selfless are actually selfish. I was like, did you mean, wait, can, you, can you unpack that a little bit? What we're mm-hmm. talking about? He's like, people can be so selfless, right? That they become selfish in this way, like you just explained, because selfishly they're saying, I'm going to be selfless instead of taking care of myself. Mm-hmm you just explained that in a way that now that what my therapist gave me makes even more sense. Mm. And so I'm so glad you said that because again, it's for everyone out there. A lot of times people who are super selfless is because they don't want to face the uncomfortableness that they're sitting with. They don't want to face the inevitable of, I know I need things to change. I'm just going to help out everyone else first though. Mm. And that helping everyone out first is, is for like a month and then a year and then 10 years. And then your whole life without sitting down and saying, but what do I need help with? And then asking those people you kept being helpful for and selflessly helping them, now you can go to them and mm-hmm. say, hey,
0: my turn. Yeah. It's not selfish, it's important, it's necessary. Focus on yourself more, yeah. and get yourself to a point where you're 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 truly happy with it. Yeah, and it, it will be a, a, a probably be a work in progress for the rest of your life.
1: Sure. Well, again, it's foreign territory for a lot of people because people, I think that the natural stigma for self love and self care is selfishness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard for people to say no to other people. And and shea Shay, my wife is is um you know a very selfless person, and we're you know trying to figure out ways to uh, so for example. Um, we're down to one car right now and so Shay was driving me to work um but before that i went to uber to see how much it was it was a lot of money she's like it's fine i'll just take you so we're in the car and there's a little bit of traffic and she's like i probably should have just stayed home i i, I should have just had you uber because I, I need to work and stuff and and so now i feel bad for, for for accepting the offer that she gave me to drive and we're going like back and forth and um and it reminded me something that I've, I've been trying to help her with um don't say yes to me if it means saying no to you. Mm. Don't say yes to someone if it means saying no to yourself. Mm. Make sure you're selfish with, with what you need. I like that. Your self-love, right? Um, the other final takeaway I, w- I want to add here too, um, you said something earlier about how it's kind of like foreign, you know, for, for men to be vulnerable. And in, in, in a way, I, I don't mean to butcher what you said, but it made me think about this. When your girlfriend, when Nadia talked about you and then I went home and I did some research and I was, and I was looking at everything. And I remember thinking like, I hate that it feels weird that seeing another man be vulnerable is like rare nowadays. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm like such an advocate of normalizing vulnerability. And I was like, why do I feel like Sam's like some unicorn out here? He's just a man being vulnerable because there's not enough of men being vulnerable. And so for what you do in making it, it ain't weak to speak. Normalizing vulnerability is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make men, just because men are, you know, it's all about how many, um, I want to have a girlfriend, you know, I want to have a relationship, I want to have a partnership, you know, and, and attracting the, you know, people coming in your life, but vulnerability is actually sexy. Like that's, mm-hmm. I'm trying to deliver that to men. Like cool, if you guys why? take anything cool, for the hiss? like I don't want to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is sexy, man. Oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll listen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so, cool. <laughs> so yeah, but, but back to what I said was, you know, I, I just remember thinking like, I can't wait for the day when I find out there's another man out here doing what I'm trying to do that. I don't feel like it's not normal. Mm. I can't wait to normalize vulnerability. I can't wait to, there's more people like you and I men who are able to be vulnerable and are able to, to have conversations like this without being uncomfortable, without worrying about a fear of judgment or fear, a fear of coming off as weak. Right. I can't wait for that day. So, um, that is, that's one of my final takeaways. And, And also too. um, on a very serious note, if anyone is listening or watching to what we were talking about here today and you know of a friend maybe that you're like, I haven't really heard from them in a while, I wonder how they're doing, or Man, he, he or she kind of, kind of gave me some some signs there of like things things aren't really going that well and, and I, I, never, I forgot to check in, I forgot to text them back or call them back, please do. Please call them back, please text them back, please reach out. And don't accept when you do reach out. I'm fine. Mm. Everything's cool. It's it's all good. And, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm good. We're not going to accept that anymore um, because I know how powerful it, it. I'm sure that that is is in your life. You know, not accepting. I'm fine. And and um, again, also just showing up for. Understand how your person that you're reaching out to. Understand how they need you to show up. You know, guys, as men specifically, we have to stop problem solving. We have to stop thinking there's an issue here's a solution done like there's so much more that we can offer besides that but it, it comes to understanding um what that person needs being aware of it and being sensitive to it sometimes you know being
0: accepting of it um and your mental health is most important i think yeah mental health first and then yeah. then, then the rest of your body sort of comes in sync and so does your relationships and life i feel oh yeah and sure. that's something that i've learned wholeheartedly over the years is mm-hmm is whenever I'm mentally adept and I'm I'm doing well mentally, mm-hmm. I think the rest of my life sort of falls into place really nicely. Yeah. And, and and it's yeah. important to prioritize your mental health and, and it might not look cool or sound cool to you mm. or it might be something that's not talking about, you know, or spoken about in the family home or during True. your friendship circles. But I could almost assure you that if you start having those honest hard-hitting conversations and you'd be the first unicorn in your group so yeah to speak, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll start gathering people in your yeah, circle and 100%. they'll start saying oh well i'm so glad you did that yeah. because now I, you know i've been feeling like that for years but right. i didn't I didn't know who to talk to but now i know right. that you do you you'll yeah. end up inadvertently becoming a leader in your own right sure. so sure. i challenge each and every one of you guys to yeah. to, to take something away from this podcast to, yeah. to help yourself first and foremost but mm-hmm. maybe someone in your life that you think might be struggling yeah um because i can tell you right now with my hand on my heart mm. there is help and support out there for all of us yeah and we can all get back on the right track uh to living a, a really yeah. really nice happy life again yeah I appreciate you sharing that, man. That's beautiful,
1: and and I'm and I'm hoping everyone takes that away. Um, so I, I want to get into um, I call this the round of rapid fire questions. It's something that you have no idea what's coming your way. No idea at all. <laughs> I do this. I on, like this. I, I like do, surprises on, on purpose. I want everyone's raw reaction, and and the overall premise too is to really get people to understand that everyone's idea of success, happiness, love, whatever it may be, could be different, right? So. Here you go. Question number one is, if you could do anything knowing you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Flaw. <laughs> <laughs> that's quick. I love it, okay? <laughs> is that a good answer? That's great, that's great. That's I, great. I, yeah. yeah, I wanna flaw. I was like, no one's ever answered that that quick. Everyone's like, you know, uh, <laughs> so that's beautiful. Uh, question number two. Well, I know this answer, but what's one experience that you've had that's changed your life? obviously Dwayne's experience changed your life maybe you can add if there's another experience mm. take your time
0: I, th- I think I think that experience for me is I don't know that I'd put it down to another experience I think it was just experiences I yeah. think there's a range of experiences sure sure right now like mm. the people I meet the I feel like everyone who's come in and out of my life or I've met at some stage of my life have had some sort of impact in it yeah and and I feel like that's helped shape me into the person that I am today true. and I'm very grateful for that I yeah. don't have a defying moment was obviously Livin's passing, yeah. uh, Dwayne's passing and, yeah, and yeah. Livin's starting Yeah, obviously my own challenges prior to that mm-hmm. um, but it was Dwayne's death that really saved my life true. it was really Dwayne's passing that saved my life and helped me unlock my true life yeah. underneath that garbage so to speak yeah wow
1: I figured that would that would be your answer but uh you you unpacked a little bit more which is uh gonna help help a lot of people mm. great answer question number three what's one motto
0: or mantra you live by uh if in doubt reach out mm. definitely yeah um when in doubt reach out yeah well when it. in doubt reach out if in doubt reach out or obviously it ain't weak to speak and, yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean for mental health guys i mean sure, sure. that 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 Is tagged on living, yeah. But it ain't weak to speak. Could be anything. For example, if if you've got a girl in your life that you really really like, yeah. But you're scared to ask her if she feels the same way. Yeah. Just just ask because if you don't ask, you'll never know. You'll regret it. Same as a job promotion. Same as a a, it might be a lead to get to somewhere in your life that you really really need. Yeah. Don't be scared to have any conversation because. If you don't ask, people might never know that that's what you wanted. And some yeah. people can do things quite easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah. And you'll be surprised half the time. Yeah. It ain't weak to speak and Love if it. in doubt reach out.
1: Love it. Uh, question number four What do you want to be known for when you leave this earth? Think legacy.
0: Yeah. I just, I guess I want living to outlive me. Mm. Um, I want living to, to be something that is synonymous with mental health and reaching out for support yeah. when things get really dark and lonely um and i just want to be remembered for for doing doing the right thing you know being honest being transparent and yeah just always wearing my heart on my sleeve yeah it's beautiful and being Uh, a good role model to my family sure well you you definitely are for sure already
1: um last and final question for you what does sam admire
0: most about sam that's a great question. Self love. It is self love, and it's a t- as I said earlier. Sometimes I have a hard time with this, but mm. for me, I, I admire my my work ethic. If if I uh, if I set my mind on something, man, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm obsessive in that regard. Me too. It comes. It's a double edged sword, you know. It's yeah. great sometimes, <laughs> but then it can be really hard sometimes. Yeah. That so, and my um and my energy, compassion towards people. Mm. Yeah. Mm that's powerful man I gave you three there that was a that's, bit that's great that's no, no. It? hey come on now that's you could have going daily <laughs> <You> affirmations <laughs> <laughs> but then Uh-oh. there are a lot of things that I struggle with but yeah, 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 I mean yeah. we all struggle with things sure yeah
1: okay um, this is the time of the show um, where I always acknowledge my guest take, take the time to um, I know you just said yourself love but even more and this is like words of affirmation for sure Um. I got emotional today driving to the show <clears throat> Um, listening to the episode you did with um, Daniel Price and um, a friend of yours who um, attempted, you know, suicide, and it just made me think about, you know, he, he he portrayed this this quote unquote like perfect life. You know, he had he had a really expensive sports car for a lot of men. That's 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 the goal. He made a lot of money. You know, was married. Like everything was good, right? Everything was fine, but it really wasn't. And it just, it made me emotional because I just think how lucky and and blessed and and grateful I am to have control over my mental health, you know, in in, in the sense of like, I'm, I'm a very happy person, glass half full, optimistic person. But I know that's not the same for a lot of people. And it broke my heart to think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there suffering mentally and suffering internally. And, um... I swear on everything I love I will do everything in my power to help in any kind of way you know and 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 that is something that you're doing already and you're uh, living (laughs) breathing just soaking it all in person who's just wanting to give back to make sure there's no more Dwayne's Mm. Um, I acknowledge and admire the hell out of you for that man that's powerful you're 32 years old and you're you're moving like this <laughs> that's so powerful man i mean it's beautiful to see um i just admire you as a man to and acknowledge you as, as just being a man who's, who's comfortable being vulnerable and you know it's like it's it's easy for us i think to do that but it's hard for a lot of men in in even though it's easy for us, it may be hard to talk about it. You know, it's, it's internal, maybe it's within our household, with your girl, with your family, whoever it is, but we're on a public stage here, albeit with our platforms and we're normalizing it. And that's powerful. So I acknowledge you for that. Last but not least, just acknowledging you for wanting to do your part while you're here. You know, there's a lot of people out there who have lost people to suicide. And maybe they wanted to do something on behalf of the person they lost their 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 life their legacy right and maybe they didn't do it for whatever reason and um here you are doing that and hopefully encouraging inspiring anyone who has thought about it to continue to do it as well so um just- lo- love what you do man I'm such a fan I and mean, this was a an honor a a pleasure a privilege I want everyone to know where to find you how to reach out to you um, I will include all this in the show notes so just this is, this is your time to let people know how they can
0: um, find out more just just be in touch mate firstly I just yeah I want to say thank you for having me on the show love your work love what you're trying to achieve and I think uh, every voice out there ours included is, is, is worth speaking up and, and talking yeah. about what we believe in and yeah. Mate, I think what you're what you're up to and your your long term vision is really it's a really special journey that you're on, man. And, and I you know I'm going to be sitting from the sideline watching it grow. And Thank you, if man. I can help in any in any way, shape or form, definitely appreciate don't hesitate man. to ask me. Thank you, um, student of life, man. And I'm always learning. I'm learning every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I appreciate being on the show. I appreciate the the support. I appreciate the kind oh, yeah. words about living and, and listening and and asking some great questions. Yeah. And uh, people, if you, you want to get involved or help support the charity or follow the mission um mm-hmm. you guys can follow live org, l-i-v-i-n-o-r-g and that's livin.org, or and that's the the domain livin.org, <laughs> or the socials is just livin.org. okay and then you can follow me or and, and I can point you there from my pages which is just Sam Webb s-a-m-w-e-b-b Sam Webb
1: love it yeah I'll make sure I include all this including that episode uh about you know conversation starters yeah. and asking for help and um Everyone for sure will have all the resources. So appreciate you having, uh, thanks for coming out. I was going to say, appreciate you also for having me on. We, we filmed your episode a little bit earlier. I'll add that to the to the show notes as well. And um, again, just for what you do, man, it's an
0: honor. It's a pleasure uh, to have you here today. Thank uh, you. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. I'm fine. These are two very simple words that we say every day without actually thinking about what they mean. But what if I told you they are two of the most dangerous words used by people every day to hide unbearable pain? I'm fine with the last two words that I heard from my good friend Dwayne the night that he took his own life. The ripple effect that Dwayne's suicide had on an entire community was life-changing for me, and I realized that for a lot of people, the mantra, I'm fine, masks insurmountable pain. For men, more so. We're socialized to think it's weak to show vulnerability. We're told to suck it up and to get over it. Many men struggle with this burden that accompanies masculinity, but rarely know how to speak about it which makes it very, very dangerous. Dwayne was the poster boy for masculinity. He was strong, he was courageous, he was tough, he was dominant. He disliked appearing weak. In fact, Dwayne would hide his vulnerabilities at every cost, ultimately his own life. From the outside looking in, Dwayne had it all. But. He perfected the art of smiling depression while hiding what he was truly going through beneath the surface. And because of this facade, no one on the outside had the opportunity to intervene. I remember very clearly speaking with Dwayne the night that he took his own life and the last thing that he said to me was, I'm fine, with a great big smile on his face. I'll never forget that moment. He reassured me life was great. And from that moment onwards, it was promising and bright. That was the last time that I saw Dwayne in living form. And in hindsight, the warning signs were evident that night. But I didn't have the foresight to see them because I wasn't man enough to be vulnerable myself. Perhaps, perhaps, if I'd opened up and listened properly myself, Maybe I could have disarmed Dwayne about how he was feeling. And maybe the outcome could have been different. You see, being comfortable with vulnerability gives power to others to be vulnerable too. It creates a connection, a kind of trust that's felt instantly, which allows someone else to be able to open up and share with you on a deeper level. So when someone asks, how are you doing? Of course you're not going to be open, honest and vulnerable if you don't feel comfortable. Why would you if you don't feel heard or if you don't feel safe? A perfect example, in 2016 I was very lucky to, to have been cast in Australian Survivor. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I had no idea either. <laughs> now, a long story short, I was thrown on an island deep in the Samoan jungle. And I soon realised what the game was about. A lot of manipulation, a lot of deception, a lot of lies. And so I naturally started to hide how I was really feeling. I had a hard time trusting people. I feared for my safety in the game. So I started to recluse. I could never be open and never be honest and fully transparent because I wasn't comfortable and I wasn't safe. You see, that was just a game. People feel this way every single day of their lives while I'm standing here. It's becoming increasingly evident that being a man's man might just be the most dangerous thing that a man can be. Michael Ian Black, a regular writer for the New York Times, says that too many young boys are being trapped in an outdated model of masculinity and it is toxic. So without us properly understanding the impacts of toxic masculinity on mental health, we cannot begin to have these important and potentially life-saving conversations with those people in our lives who are struggling. I don't take I'm fine for an answer anymore. Dwayne's death was a wake-up moment for me, and it was there that I realized that the conversation needed to change. I'm an ex-finance guy turned actor and social entrepreneur for mental health. Dwayne's suicide death inspired me to co-found the mental health charity in Australia called Livin, which we've recently just brought to the States so that we can help more people and break the stigmas around mental health. You know, I'm not a mental health professional by any means. I'm just a student of life. I've experienced firsthand the devastating impacts that suicide has had on an entire community, which completely derailed me. And it derails a lot of people. And this story isn't too dissimilar to what I hear on a daily basis. So instead of having the small talk and dancing around the conversations, we need to start changing the conversations that we're having. Because according to Mental Health America, four times as many men than women are dying by their own two hands every single year. And when it comes to seeking help, For a mental health problem, men are less likely to speak up and seek help because of social stigmas. This has to change. We need to change the narrative around male masculinity. Speaking about it is the first step because it ain't weak to speak. If we have enough of the right conversations here early on, we can potentially eliminate many of the conversations that are happening down here before it is too late. We need to make a societal change, so that when all of our times are up, our children's children can live free of the burden that accompanies masculinity. Tim Winton, who has written volumes on his observations of the cultures of men and boys in Australia, argues that misogyny, like racism, is one of the greatest engines of intergenerational trauma. And for a lot of people, and like Dwayne, the pain and the burden can outweigh their will to live. And so, departing this life seems their only option. I'll provide you with the five keys to living that anyone can take. So that they can have a conversation with someone in their life who might be struggling in Silence as a strategy for preventing suicide. Number one, we need to start the dialogue earlier. We're not talking to our boys. We're not teaching them emotions and feelings. We're still talking about materialism and everything that's on the surface. We aren't diving deep enough and if we eventually do, it's too little and it's too late. We need to start having conversations around emotions vulnerability at a young age, so it's etched into someone's mind as they grow up and develop. Ask your son how they're doing at a certain challenge at school. Use safe language. Be open. Show vulnerability. It gives them power to be open as well. We need to be better understanding and managing our young people's emotions without forgetting how they really feel. Number two, is we need to change the language to the dialogue altogether. Instead of saying things like, harden up, or why don't you just get over it, or man up. A classic that I hear often is, why don't you just snap out of it? Why don't you just snap out of it? Because I didn't already think of that. These are all very unhelpful, and they're not going to make someone feel open and comfortable to be able to share with you on a deeper level. So, we really need to change that. We need to to change a young person's mind as they develop and as they grow up. Number three, the third key, is we need to have the conversations with the right people. Far too often we're caught in the wrong circles, speaking with the wrong people that don't make us feel heard, and they don't make us feel safe, they don't make us feel comfortable. We need to find the places and the people that make us feel nurtured and feel comfortable. So that we can take that leap and take that vulnerability step to open up. And we all have the power to do that. So as people and as individuals, we need to be safe first and foremost. So that someone else can feel safe with us as well. So I'm going to challenge each and every one of you. How are you going to become the safest person to speak to so that someone else can open up and connect with you on a deeper level? Key number four. We need to have the conversations outside of ourselves. We spend far too long in our own heads speaking to ourselves, than we speak to anybody else. Remember, it ain't weak to speak. Speaking up and seeking help is a sign of strength, not a weakness. Now, I want to say this. If someone does take that leap and does open up to you on a deeper level, sometimes the most important thing that you can do is listen. Listening could be the difference between potentially saving someone's life and never seeing them again. My fifth and final key is listening. I look back on the night that Dwayne took his own life and I ask myself this. Was I listening? Was I listening on a deeper level to what Dwayne was saying? Probably not, why? Because I wasn't giving myself the option to be vulnerable myself. I'll never forget that. I can't go back in time and rewrite that part of my life, but what I can do is I can teach every single person through the mistakes that I've made. Macho man Sam kicked in that night and started to give advice, started to problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. And I missed the very thing that Dwayne was seeking, and that was just to be heard. Some of the best advice that I have received in my life thus far, it was from a friend of mine who is also a psychologist. He said, Sam, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak, because oftentimes when you do, people will tell you what they want. I've never forgotten that advice, and it served me very well in my life today. We need to start listening to people's hearts. So how are you going to change the dialogue? How does that change the next conversation that you have with your spouse, your son or your loved one? Don't take on fine for a feeling anymore because it's no longer an acceptable answer to a question. We need to be diving deeper. We need to break the burden of masculinity. Being rich enough, having the best job, being the sole provider or carrying the entire weight of your family on your back is not the solution. We need to start sharing our emotions. We need to start helping people live. We need to pick people up when they're falling. We need to listen instead of trying to solve all the problems. And we need to become the safest people possible so that when someone needs us most, we're there. So all that stuff that you've been carrying on your back for so long, get rid of it. Shed it, throw it all away to ensure that our fathers, our brothers, our sons, and our friends stop dying prematurely, we need to deeply rethink what being a man is all about. It is time to reframe the dialogue. A man speaks his emotions. A man is allowed to be vulnerable and ask for help. A man does not judge another man, and a man is what's going to save lives and break this cycle for the generations to come. So instead of saying I'm fine, it's time to start living. Because at the end of the day, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.